5: This is
3: KJ Live yeah! with Chris Johnson. And Chris is having conversations with influencers in the sports world
0: and entertainment industry. Hey, hey. Now, here's Chris Johnson.
5: You're now tuned in to KJ Live. Today's guest on the show is a longtime basketball scout winner. The most respected minds in the game, Dane Irvin is in the building. Dane, what's good, my man? Chris, what's going on with your family? How you been? Man, I've been good, man. Um, not well, let me l- stop lying. All right. So the last couple of weeks has been interesting for me. You know, my Bruins got kicked out the tourney. Uh, I'm out here in LA and the Lakers last night, got the door shut on them uh for the playoffs. So it's a little disappointing, uh to, to, to say the least, man. I don't know what type of spring it's gonna be out here in LA, but I know we got good weather, so can't beat that. But but, but no, this is about you, my man. What's up with you, man? What what what's up what's on the tap for you, man? What have you been up to lately?
6: I'm 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 well. I'm um, you know, for those, and it's funny because coming from the final four, um, me working in the grassroots space previously, I realized I I didn't uh, let a lot know that I did make a transition to the, to the pro level. Um, And I'm just not the announcement guy. I'm not the edit guy. I mean, I leave that for the kids, but those that knew they know um, and they knew. um, And I just had to like kind of tell some, but it, it, it was kind of refreshing to know I had coaches because I did do a, a great job in, you know, disseminating information getting out the right information to those guys. Cause like this upcoming weekend is the live period for a lot of uh, grassroots kids. So coaches need to know where to go. And I did a good job of making sure and letting them know not only where to go across the country, but what are, you know, some of the premier kids in the state of Texas um, as well as New York and California and other places who they needed to see. Um, I think I did a good job to say, you know, for my, you know, close to 10 years in the space, not sponsored by many of the machines that I did a great job of covering the proper spaces, whether it was from Tino's and his Pangos brand to Ryan silver, the West coast elite. I mean, many of those know, I covered the EYBL to even my home roots back in New York city. I always kept a good pulse Um, the mid Atlantic region with a lot of the WC 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 kids, um, I did a good job of doing that. So knowing that running across coaches on Canal and Bourbon Street and man, I ain't got a report. I was like, well, you know, I've moved on to another space. So and I'm enjoying the space. So I, I I can't complain about that.
5: That's awesome, man. So as we talk about scouting, man, and you've had your feet kind of rooted in that for, for a large part of your career. I used to work for a technology company, man. We had an iPad, iPhone app. That used to digitize the scouting process. So we basically took like uh, Excel sheet and you know put it up to the cloud, and you had a, a you know an app on your phone. You could like take text notes and you know record voice memos and you know keep track of shot charts and things like that. As a scout, I, I, as as a, as somebody that is a talent evaluator, I don't like to say just scout because you're an evaluative talent. Can you talk to me about how your process? when you were in the game heavy, had changed over the years from when you first got in the game early on and 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 the scouting was a little different to where you probably, I'm sure you was always in the building and in the, in every gym, but it feels like scouting evolved into something else. Can you talk, can you touch on that a little bit?
6: Well, for, for sure. When I initially started, you know, I, I thought I had to pour all my thoughts into said individuals. Um, Current uh, head coach, and I want to shout him out, Rob Lanier, who's now the current new head coach at SMU. Um, he's been a close mentor of mine, and I remember doing one of my early reports and on one player. It was like a page and a half, and I I, I sent it at like twelve noon, and he hit me back immediately at like twelve eleven, and said nobody's going to read all of this. So I had to learn early and often that I had to be concise. I had to be direct. I had to be colorful with my words because you needed your words to take up entire sentences. So instead of now this 20, 21 line breakdown of Chris Johnson, I had to break this down to four. Right. I had to get it down to three. Um, Small print, you know, things of that nature. So from that standpoint, I had to grow in that space. I do understand the popularity part um when you talk about social media social media has infiltrated um scouting in some ways some people some people see it in a good way but to the purists, and i consider myself one of the purists like myself um it's, it's had a lot of harm because i think with social media you and i both know something can happen a la will smith chris rock and it's heard around the world in a matter of seconds um depending on the platform when it comes to social media If you get some of the giants in the space to tweet something, it can go around the world in a matter of seconds. So if you get someone who has a platform like a John Lucas, if you get someone on the media side like a Seth Seth Davis or Jeff Goodman, um, Jeff Borzello, uh, Jason Jordan, um, Er uh, Eric Metcalf, um, stuff like that, it 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 can get everywhere to every crevice that it needs to get to, good or bad. And it stains on people because they can say, even people like yourself, you have a, your brother, he has a platform, Josiah. So Mm -hmm. you can say something and if it's not 100% accurate, people could see it for what it is. There's so many young guys that we know have gone viral on social media and in people's mind, they think they can really play because they may have made a move and it a hundred thousand people have seen it. A half a million people have seen it. And people think, Popularity means
5: you're good. And that's not the case. And you you just said something that is really defines the culture today. Popularity is what matters. Who they like is what matters. It doesn't it doesn't necessarily matter if you're good at what you do. It doesn't necessarily matter if you're an expert in your field. But if you are liked and you have the people behind you, they're rolling. Let me ask you this. When you miss on a player, say a guy, you might, you know, and rated a little low. I know Clint, Clint Parks, a good, our good buddy Clint Parks is always talking about all the misses in the class that Kawhi Leonard came out with and, and, and who 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 people ranked and what the scouting services had. When you miss Dane on a guy, do you do it like self-evaluation? Do you not trip at all? Is it something to where you just kind of you know don't even think about it or is it something that you say, wait, why did I miss on him and I need to sharpen up certain Parts of my game so I don't miss on another one? Or does it even matter to you?
6: Well, like they say, uh, pencils come with erases for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people make mistakes. Uh, just like I, even a mistake that I made, I, I called the gentleman Eric Metcalf, which that was the running back from the Browns, when it's Myron Metcalf. So I went. I correct that because Myron is yeah, a, I
5: was Yeah, I was thinking like, man, Eric Metcalf? I didn't know he was a scout.
6: <laughs> and I hope Myron gets a kick out of that. So my apologies because he does great work. But I was thinking I've been doing football with a couple of my guys. But no, Myron Metcalf. And that's my point, that you make mistakes. It's your job, though, to go back and correct it. And I think when we talk popularity, we talk scouting, and especially a lot of the vehicles like the websites, whether it's, you know, your rivals, your 24-7s, go back to scout, you go back to hoop scoop. I think that's something that they did not like to do. They did not like to show that they were uh, normal, that they could make mistakes, that you may jump out there and you may rank a kid at a particular slot and you would rather keep said kid in said spot to make sure that you came across as if you were right. And then the moment he got off your clock and say college, or even if they got to the pro level and they weren't that good, You'll be quick to say, well, he was good at my level. No, he was never good to begin with. He was never good to begin with. So I think, like, to, I give you one of my misses, and I don't, I don't think it's a miss because when I look at the reference points that I went from, my reference points showed that it wasn't gonna be the superstar that he was. And it is, it's Luca Dodge. I think with Luca, you've seen so many European bigs come over, have success. Um, you had your share of point guards that have had success. But we never saw a wing come over and have this type of dominance and success early. And it was going back to guys like Ahidu Tergaloo or some other guys that you say, well, he may be like that. But I don't think a lot of people saw Luca being what he is now because we didn't know he was going to have the freedoms and the opportunity to do what he's doing.
5: How much weight when you're evaluating Luca? how much weight did you put into the fact that he was – Playing in the ACB since he was 15, 16, or whatever, Real Madrid, high level European basketball at an early age. Cause you know how it is with those guys. It's like you see him in soccer, you see that once 15 year old on the, on the first team, dog. You know he's nice. I, I just wonder like when you saw the competition level and his production, Dang, what made, what didn't you necessarily, what weren't you sold on? So I looked at the league though. I
6: looked at what the NBA had, and oh. not for nothing, guys are aging, guys were injured. I don't think I weighed that properly because I'm looking at he's coming into a league with Kawhi, LeBron, Paul George, Kevin Durant in my mind, and I'm thinking solely small forward. Mm. I'm not thinking they were going to allow him to be as versatile as he was. I'm thinking you're going to have to get in the pot with those guys and mix it up with them. But lo and behold, that's what I did get wrong. And probably I did not weigh enough of the league that he was in. And I'm sure you were familiar with it to understand, nah, this, this would be equivalent to a blue blood league of high-level college basketball. This may translate. So I, I didn't look at that because you're talking about we were coming out of an era with so many guys that we saw that were drafted overseas. They were drafted in the top five, ten, oh, yeah. first round, and never came over. Oh, yeah. You know, New York City to this day, and I know it, 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 it's a piece of Ron Artest's, you know, Metta World piece that it, it's still a dent in his heart that his beloved Knicks were right there and they took Frederick Weiss, who, you know, never came over. Oh, man. Never came over. So, like, in, in, in the Luca case, when you saw the management at the time, who had a very personal relationship um, with his family in Sacramento, pass on him. I'm like, oh well, then he can't be that good. Like y'all known this kid for so long tonight. That that's like you and I knowing Jason Crow, and we know his son is coming up, right. and we're like, nah, we're not gonna take Jason Crow. We're gonna take Bill Gates. We're gonna <laughs> him instead. You know and it's like, wait a minute, what? It's shame. It's shame. Exactly. <laughs> like you you get what I'm saying, and then it's like, then we see you know JC two come up, and it's like, whoa, wait a minute. Well. what? Hold well, up. Chris, why didn't you take him? Dang, why you i have known his dad. <laughs> yeah, why didn't you take him? WTF, man. See? And then we're out of a job, though. Now, <laughs> we're unemployed because we didn't J- take Jake, too. So it's um, situations like that that I think yeah. led to the perception for somebody like Luca, And, and you know, hence people, I have no, no, at that time I wasn't in a pro space. But if you would have asked me my projection on him, um, I, I, I would have got that wrong. I,
5: I definitely would have got that wrong. Let me ask you this. Currently, do the way that you guys look at European, you know, ball players, European stars, wings in particular, has it changed oh, because yeah. of the success of Luca? I think so. I think I think now the blueprint, if, if Europeans want to get it right.
6: And, and I think it's the same way in America. You just send them the same route. So mm-hmm. if they're young enough to get into that level of European play, of which you mentioned, mm-hmm. and they're having success. I think that's going to be a good indicator for people to say, nah, he might be one of them ones mm. like, like such and such came this route, such and such came this route. So when you have a pattern, it's, it's no different than, again, we talk about the past of, of bigs in in college basketball that when you went through Georgetown and you saw what Patrick did, you saw what Zoe did, you saw what Dikembe did, that gives Boom J Boom J a shot. That mm-hmm. gives Don Reed a shot. Oh, that God gives the Heidi White a shot. So I think when it comes to the European style of evaluation, um, and if they're smart and, you know, God forbid there are no issues, there are no war, you know, conflicts for for players, yeah. that if they can go those routes, um, it's going to help. It's going to help solidify kind of those paths for players.
5: Absolutely. And I think that that path over the course of the last decade or so, man, it's been pretty solid, man. There's been some, some real solid draft picks. The, the, all the top guys right now in the league, as far as MVP voting or from foreigners, uh, the league is definitely on the international uh, uh, tip right now. I want to talk about a specific question about your opinion on The G League versus the NCAA. As we saw last year, several players decided to rock with the G League on the development tip. A lot of those guys were five stars, could have played possibly college. You know, I was reading online. There's there's a lot of back and forth right now and a little bit of a debate about whether or not the NCAA experience and the exposure gained from college b- basketball the friendships the the long lifelong just loyalty to your institution is just such a so, so valuable in this world do you feel like that today's ball player when given the choice and i'm not going to ask what do you think they should do but what do you feel like the G League is a is a viable option to improve, develop, and get to the league versus college? So let's, let's make no mistake. I think for the masses,
6: in uh, uh, a macro sense, there's no better situation than college basketball. I think you, the, the question might be flipped to you because you being a, a national champion and, and, and it'll never be forgotten for a group of guys that were on your team, that experience, you can never replace that. I do think on the flip, though, when you talk on the micro side of things for individuals, um, if, if you're that talent, it, it is a way. Um, it's a way that that you, you can't replace. I want to say the last six drafts, I want to say there have been individuals who and they didn't go to college um, and yet they were still drafted in some capacity. Um, You had guys like Darius Basil. You had guys like Mitchell Robinson Mm -hmm. um, from the Emmanuel Moody A's to the Terrence Ferguson's, many of those guys, clearly, if the talent is there, um, you will still be recognized. You can still be selected. So, but I just don't think that route is at a macro level yet. It is not for everybody. I think when it gets to that, you know, everyone keeps mentioning how the rules will go back to change and then allowing guys to go out of high school. But I don't I just don't think we're there yet. But is it is it good for the select few? Of course. When, and I think that's where, to be honest, it probably should stay, because it's not for everybody. Okay. So when you see selective individuals do it, um, that's one thing. But to open it up like as if everyone can do it, no, okay. that's that's not realistic.
5: Yeah, I think people are operating with a sense of disillusionment when they talk about the G league and they don't have any idea about the competition level and they right. think it's somehow easy because it's a minor league. Uh, I played in the CBA, uh, which was the precursor to the G league for those out there that don't know. And I'll tell you what, I mean, it was night in, night out, man. It was high level competition. Guys are hungry. Guys are trying to you know, earn a living It's men in the G league, in the CBA places like this. So for those youngsters, Jaden Hardy and these other guys uh, that were with the G League at night, they, and undoubtedly, they got great. First of all, they got great tutelage under guys like Jason Hart, Poo Jetter, and that staff that they hired. Second of all, the competition factor. I don't think enough is given, enough credence is given to when young men Play against grown men. So when you have a teenager that has to suit it up against some dude that's 27, 28, grown man, strength, couple kids, you know, a job and, you know, know how to, you know, but, but just plan for something, plan to put food on it. It's a difference in co- competing against high school kids in college. Well, I was, big-
6: was going to say, with, with your example, when you went through the CBA, that was after four years of college, correct? Correct. So, so imagine you cutting that in half. Let's say you left UCLA as a sophomore, Mm -hmm. having to compete against those same guys. I think when you left UCLA with all your experience in a national title, it helped you face those men. What makes it even more difficult, and I think people are not really uh, weighing, is – you're talking about kids trying to come out of high school, yeah. or one year out of college, two years out of college. You're not fully equipped, and you're telling this guy to go compete against that guy who got a baby mama, a wife on the side, That's a couple different. of repos. <laughs> like it's, it's tough. It's, it's really tough. Like come on, man, it, it's a different monkey on your back, man. It, yes. It's it's a different hunger that you're the a you're the AAU guy. You're coming from the Johnson legendary family. Everything that was given to you, you never fought for Your dad, If you came up in this era, let's just call it because I don't think you and your family get enough of of their medals and trophies because I don't give out flowers and and all that to men. But um, with no disrespect, like your family is legendary. If your dad was coming up now, you would have your own AAU team.
5: You feel
6: what I'm saying? So what is the chances that you and your brothers, to be honest, would afford for anything? (laughs) <laughs> other, against, other than against each other. Yeah. Who's getting the card? But you never had to compete or whatever may have you. And that's the setup, unfortunately, now in a lot of grassroots situations. So when you put that mindset on a kid and then now you take him out of that and thrust him in the world when you're playing against that guy who mm. he got student loans. Mm. You know what I'm saying? He got a couple kids. Like, it's a different fight. And it's almost unfair because, again, he's not equipped enough. He didn't go through enough to be able to compete with this man, and it's it's, it's it's a slanted business from the start.
0: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
7: ebay authenticity guarantee meaning every inch stitch so logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection so when you finally step into those grill kicks you'll realize the feeling is unlike any other and with ebay authenticity guarantee the feeling of real is always within reach ensure your next purchase is the real deal visit ebay.com for terms
8: Get in zone. Auto zone. welcome to AutoZone. what are you working on today ah thinking about gas mileage You know, changing your oil with a full synthetic oil like Castrol Edge can help your engine get more miles. Right now, you can get 5 quarts with an STP Extended Life oil filter for only $36.99. Get started on your next job today with the parts you need when you need them at AutoZone or AutoZone.com. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Restrictions apply.
3: Asking the right questions can greatly
9: impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Yeah, it is. But I really see the value in it. I was on the JBA
5: tour uh, with LeVar Ball. Mm-hmm. When he put together that league, you know, Facebook kind of rolled it and we traveled around the country, man, and played games city to city in arenas, uh, 48 minute games you know, mellow ball was obviously the, the major attraction, but he, lavar used that as a vehicle for his development. And I, that's what I, why I always gave Lavar ball such a ton of credit is because he always had the balls growing up playing against grown, grown dudes or old or older dudes. They always played up. Lamelo as you probably remember, 12, 13 cherry picking. you remember the whole deal. you'd be like, Hey, cherry mm-hmm. picking. I just can you know, what kind of offense is this back then? But then he turns out to be, you know, probably the rookie of the year. I think that that, in terms of development is one of the most is, is an overlooked aspect. And I think we need to figure out a system to create those matchups more for, for, for when youth are playing basketball. So like when you start, you know, second, third, fourth, fifth grader, I feel like you got to be playing against, you know, sixth, seventh graders. Or you got to be playing up from jump. And that brings me to a developmental question as far as the United States, what do you think is the single most important piece to developing the next generation of ballplayers so that the U.S. can stay at the top or regain its spot at the top? If you listen to some people talk about it, what do you think it takes?
6: Well, I I also want to add a piece, and then it goes, I guess, transitions right into your question. Um, The support has to be universal. Um, There are current rules and regulations in place by the NCAA that prohibits uh, our youth, from competing with even just college guys in camp settings. Okay. So when we used to have, because, again, when you went to camp as a kid, and I did as well, so now we're talking the 80s and 90s, the um, it, there was always uh, camps where at night the really good campers played against the collegiate guys, and you got oh. a chance to see where you measured. Okay. Well, when we had the uh, the, the famed Nike Academy, um, we weren't allowed to mix the elite high school kids with the college guys. Now, granted, the pros would come in that Nike had and, and with all the bells and whistles from your LeBron's to your Paul Pierce's, yeah. Devin Booker's, um, you name it, and they competed yeah. with the different groups. But I think there would have been a, a, a little bit of a, a natural, organic, humbling process because you got a lot of kids now, and I really hate this with, with college athletics, that programs look at the incoming freshmen as the threat. We see it all the time where... You and I, you're a junior, I'm a sophomore, but this highly touted freshman is coming in, and you and I are considering transferring because this said kid is coming in. <laughs> and I find out to be the most <laughs> diabolical. Like, what? You literally hear me. that? Why because is that? I think the system is twisted. I keep saying there needs to be a hard reset on, on the system as far as with, with, with college as well as high school and grassroots. Because there's a mix-up of respect. There's a mix-up of understanding. I remember um, coming up in Queens and, and, and playing with a um, well-known uh, college assistant, Kamana Young, who's done a great job at the University of Connecticut. And he was older than I. But with my younger group, like we said earlier in a separate conversation, it's a young man's game. So he's coming from UTEP. He playing for the legendary Coach Haskins. And when we're playing on a blacktop, we're isolating and driving and dunking and dunking. And one day, he literally stopped me and a couple of my friends and said, understand in college, somebody's going to be there. So what you think you're doing on the street and in high school, that don't work in college. You got coaches that spend hours upon hours. You and I probably have spent a 1,000 hours doing a shell drill in right. practice. Right. You know what I'm saying? So when it gets drilled in your mind, your strengths get taken away. So bringing it back to your question about development, I think there needs to be – some type of the, the relinquish of, of power um, hovered over the teaching aspect. I think there needs to be a level of certification. I, I haven't had the overseas experience, but I hear from so many guys like yourself that the teachers of the game abroad, they have to go to a level of certification. Sure. There has to be a screening. And I think now it's more about, again, who's popular, who has a relationship with said kid. And then that individual holds that power over everyone who comes in cross with this kid, whether it's the AAU coach, the high school coach, even up to the collegiate level, they're holding, because I have control over Chris Johnson, I can make Chris transfer from UCLA. So consequently you're going to let me do what I want to do with Chris and whatever else I want to do. That issue, that has to be regulated somehow. And it can be, with a pool, a level of teaching, that, like a, a some type of board where we have enough great minds in this country where we could set up a board. Um, Maybe it's even a conversation with people like Jeremy McCool at the NCAA that that you know we need to set this up to allow that to open up the teaching
5: process. I feel like USA Basketball, the onus is on USA Basketball to do that. I feel like USA Basketball has the responsibility to organize, to bring everything together under one roof, make it easy. Because uh, I went through a certification process through them years ago. I don't know if you remember they were doing those coaches license uh, yep. f- for stuff, and you had to you had to do it to coach on the EYBL AAU, and you yep. had to be certified. So that was a good start. Um, it sort of weeds out the um, you know the the, the the those dudes you you talked about a little earlier. But I also feel like basketball is so boys basketball is so different. In the politics and the dynamics. Mm-hmm. See, something has to be done with this ability to be above the rules, be above the law. The, you know, everything applies to everybody else, but because he's so good, nothing applies uh-huh. to him. That's so that part of it, as we evolve as a society and a culture, we got to get out of that, take that out of our hoop culture and really kind of you know stop treating, stop overlooking stuff or or treating people like they're above the rules because of their talent level. I'm just that's 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 ridiculous to me.
6: No, that that's very ridiculous. But to your point about the certification piece, and 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 I know USA basketball, uh coach Joe Show Walton, those guys do a great job, Charm and White. Um, but I, I gotta ask the question: are they the lone people to do that? Is it possible that? another group or committee can be created. And again, I'm I'm trying to incorporate the NCAA because if, if someone like Jeremy McCool, who's very, very knowledgeable, he understands, he understands both sides because of course he works in the NCAA. And then he comes from the culture in which you and I come from. Like, could he not put together a board across the country who individuals that are trusted that if you're on the West coast with pool and Jason, I may be in the South Guys like a uh, uh, Malik Rose or someone like Terrence Williams is on the East Coast. Like, because they're only, but so, it's only so much USA basketball can do. You, you understand what I'm saying? Like they're an entity in itself and for them to have to cover the entire country on their own, at some point, some of these responsibilities have to be extended out with individuals that want, that have the same mindset that you and I have to say, we need to make sure that we as a nation uh, making sure that our dominance is not coming off the necks of uh, the rest of the world, because to your point, if the MVP goes the way that it goes, and this is going to be now the fourth year in a row that the league MVP has not been an American born player. So we know that narrative is coming up. We yeah. know the narrative of, well, why can't America win the league MVP? It's supposed to be the best league in the world. All the foreigners are winning MVP and it's just like, okay, so now we got to go on this, you know, redeem team tour dominate the game again, but it, it is worth the conversation. I'm saying, well, what are they doing that we're not doing that they're getting it right. And we're not getting it right. So, um, it, it's, it's worth the conversation I think for sure.
5: So talk about why USA basketball, I just feel like a governing body that has established respect around the country should take the lead on a situation like that. And if, and to your point about having, uh, different parts of the country and like satellite uh, committees and things like that. That makes a lot of sense, but there has, for me, it's like who we are, who are people going to listen to? Like what, who has, who's going to be able to command the respect? Is it the NCAA? I don't know. Do we respect the NCAA still? Mm, I don't know. Or, you know, our dudes rolling with the NCAA like we used to, Yeah, mm, not as much, but USA basketball still sort of has a good reputation. They have the name power, Grant Hill's involved. I think he's, Doing something over there at USA Basketball. He, he's, the,
6: he's the director now. He runs it all.
5: He's the guy. So now it's like you know. What I feel like they just step because they do it with USA Volleyball. I, I experienced it working on uh, with with like USA Soccer, USA Volleyball when I was doing that tech company. They are so freaking organized. They have all their registration, like every tournament that's ever played for USA Volleyball. It goes to USA Volleyball all the registration. That's it's not like the and you know how basketball is the individuals. No, it's a database that USA Volleyball has on everybody. They do it in soccer as well. I just would like to see USA Basketball a little bit more organized and kind of leading the charge on on, on that push for development. So here here's
6: a good point to that to that combo too as well though, and and even to your NCAA point. While USA, you're right, they have that respect that on and that 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 they have that stake in the space. Yeah. But the NCAA, regardless of how we both feel, they still can shut things down. <laughs> uh, 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 you know what I'm saying? Like, like as a masses, because you and I can feel what we want, but we still got to go to college. So it's like we're, we're still right in front of them. And they can be like, yeah, so remember that conversation? You know what I'm saying? Like, not that they move like that. We've had our own experiences. But I'm looking at the NCAA that they still can deem you ineligible. They still dictate when you can transfer. They still dictate a lot in the space. So even though like you said their brand is not as it's not shining as bright mm-hmm. but that sign is still on and that sign is still there. So um yeah that I mean again I'm you know I'm always open for positivity and moving forward with things. Absolutely. And I think this is a great talking point at some point um to have that convo because again getting that, that 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 stronghold again on things like you're saying like we're starting to see the early signs that that others are are you know putting their foot down. We need to get back to
5: what we know. When you think about in terms of value, the most important basketball events for a potential draft pick during the pre-draft process, when you think about it in terms of value, there is the, is, the, there is the highest value in individual workouts against other guys, these, these one-on-ones, two-on-two situations, or – is it Chicago? Is it Portsmouth? Is it, you know, those type of events that matter more as far as making an impression for a draft pick? Or do these guys already have who they drafted? You know, talk to me. Let me not speculate. You talk to me. Well, to me, yeah. I-, I think you can't. It goes back to what we just talked about.
6: The NCAA. There are certain gentlemen from this past year that they put their work in during the season. They're they're not going to work out. They're not going to Portsmouth. Mm-hmm. They're not um, going to Tampa. Tampa is a new event that's starting to spring up. Um, oh, word, gentlemen. Yep. Yeah, Matt Babcock and a couple of guys. Oh, doing, I know
5: Matt. I know Matt. Yeah, I know his. I know his uncle. And yep. His, yep. yeah. Yep.
6: Yep. So they're they're doing an event down in Tampa. Um, you have Portsmouth. You have Chicago. But think about it: the really good ones are not playing in. So what does that actually tell you? If you put the work in during the season. If you look the part, um, you don't have to do any of that. You literally don't. The really good ones work out by them. You think Tim Duncan went through Chicago? You think Tim Duncan went through a workout with anybody? Like, let's keep it 100. Did Allen Iverson work out with anybody?
5: Like, No, definitely not the, the, your top lottery guys, right? So, af- But after the lottery, there's 15 through 31 right, now. So now okay. that's
6: a better question. So yeah. now, depending on who you are, what you look like. I I believe there are two type of draft picks. It's just me. You have those that aesthetically, they look the part. They're 6'9", with the 7'5", wingspan. They jump out the gym. The length is like Stacey Augments. You know, they got the (laughs) mind of a great point guard. You get what I'm saying? Yes, yes. And it doesn't matter what that prospect does, he's going to get a shot at the next level. Facts. You feel what I'm saying? But then the other type of prospect to me, it's the resume pro. It's the pro that he goes to school three, four years, and he has a heavy two-time Power Five conference player of the year. He went to three Elite Eights, won a Final Four, or he went to two Elite Eights, two Final Fours, one national championship, and he has those other parts as well. He's going to get a shot. He's going to get a shot. So, like, you take somebody like Luca Garza, who's, who's a rookie now. Like, he, he was on the fence. People aesthetically, they didn't think he moved fast enough, just that, and the third. But when you look at his resume as a collegiate player, it was heavy. It was tough. Now, granted, was he a top 15 pick? Like you mentioned, he wasn't. He wasn't a top 15 to 30. But did he get drafted? He did. You take another person like Tyler Hansborough. I, I, I tease a lot of Carolina players when I tell him resume wise, he's the best player to ever play in North Carolina. And when you look at Tyler Hansborough's resume, it, it, you cannot fight it. Like that's true. Period. It's that's true. But did he look the part this, that, and the third? He probably didn't, but did he still get a shot? He got a shot. So I, I think to me, when it boils down to the draft and that process, you're dealing with those two types. And depending on who you are with those types is how your process is going to go, because you may have to go to Chicago as a fourth, third or fourth year, or maybe in this case, fifth year senior, improve your ability once again. And if you if you good on doing your job and you are who you are, you have no problem with doing that. I think what people shortchange themselves is they go to Chicago to be all in the videos mm. dancing. But then when it's time to perform, oh, I'm not going to work out. And you're like, wait a minute, What? Like, why would you do that? Like, so that's why I
5: think guys shortchange themselves. Man, that was a dope breakdown. I think two things. Yes, guys, (laughs) they shortchange themselves when they don't play. But guys that go in there already with the resume and then decide to play, I think they help. I think those guys show basketball people something. I think that 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 resonates with a, a, a Hooper to Hooper as a basketball evaluator. Or somebody in the front office that you're looking at that oh this guy wanted to play oh he okay you know he's a, he's he's a little bit of a different breed. The other thing I also think that some of those guys, especially the top guys, if they go and playing in Chicago against all these hungry dudes, and you know you're a top guy, you go you go end up getting looked bad. You go look bad. Like look, th- them settings are horrible for some guys, dog. Them settings because the. You go you go play against some undersized 6'1, 6'2 guy that can pick you up full and just gonna take you out of your whole offensive package. You can't hit a jumper, you're just like, hey, this dude, and it's in front of 29 scouts, man. I've heard I've heard stories where guys actually fail in the draft because of stories like that. And so, you know, it's 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 a it's a really interesting conundrum. When you when we talk about this this year's draft, I wanted to just find out how much does like off the court stuff, social media, how much does that matter, you know, to a franchise nowadays, as far as the representation uh, 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 of that per- said person, because you have, for, for me, it's like this, when you get these European guys, they're they're messing up the game for Americans because the Euros, they do everything the right <laughs> way. No, they are. Think about it. They, they, are, they are always doing, they seem, they stay out of trouble to keep their nose clean. They be in the gym, bro. They used to that ridiculous three a day. They used to the three a day. So they live in the gym like nothing. So so they're making brothers, they're making Americans look bad with the work ethic, in my opinion, and their ability to conform and just their attitude. Do you think off the court stuff, social media presence, you know, and how people act, players, potential draft picks act matters a lot more than it used to? I think, um, I think it's
6: rather simple. Does your skill outweigh your problems? Mm. I don't think it gets. You don't get any simpler than that. Does your skill outweigh your problems? We we could name somebody from either side of the sets. They could be Blood or Crib. They could be Nieta. They could be Mexican Mafia. They can be part of the Ku Klux Klan. But if at their position they have a skill level and an ability to do something that very few, if anybody in that draft class cannot do, there's always going to be a value. I think we see it in football where guys who they have domestic cases. We've seen cases where people have unfortunately lost their lives. They make their way back to the football field Mm.
7: because
6: why their talent, it outweighs their troubles. Believe it or not, their ability is going to be able to draw 50, 60, 70,000 people to that football arena to see them perform. And when it comes to the basketball court, whether we want to accept it or not, um, same rules apply. I think in a society where, you know, 20 years ago, marijuana was completely, completely frowned upon. And we probably did see some people draft stock uh, drop, if not get picked at all, because, again, what their skill wasn't. Better, you know, than their problems. Yeah. Then, consequently, they didn't make it. But I mean, let, let, you and I are smart enough to know. <clears throat> in the history of the game, there have been some other vices that people had beyond marijuana that they still stayed in the space, and some probably even Hall of Fame individuals. So um, it didn't it didn't matter. So I, I think now, fast forward, things like marijuana. Some people may still hold it high. Um, I do think in in the in the women empowerment movement that we're in now, you, you better not have anything with, with a domestic case, um, anything about any violence towards women. I, I think it's hard to come back from stuff like that. Um, but everything else that probably used to be frowned upon, like you, you may have a chance. Are you that good? That's, that's all you have to ask yourself. Are you good enough? And if you're not good enough, then no, you're not going to get a shot. But if you are, you, you're going to have a chance.
0: Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call
7: 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Jeff T. from the Club 520 podcast. You'll know when you get it. It'll say eBay, authenticity, guarantee. You'll feel it because when it comes to your feet, eBay has your back. Maybe it's a head turning pair for hooping or a hot new collab. Whatever you're after. When you cop on eBay, you can trust that your kicks will be checked by experts, not just any expert, sneaker experts who live and breathe the culture. Real people with real hands-on authentication experience. That's when blue checkmark represents on our listing. eBay authenticity guarantee, meaning every inch, stitch, sole, logo is verified authentic through a Detail inspection. So, when you finally step into those grill kicks, you'll realize the feeling is unlike any other. And with eBay authenticity guarantee, the feeling of real is always within reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit eBay.com for terms.
8: Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Ah, thinking about gas mileage. You know, changing your oil with a full synthetic oil like Castrol Edge can help your engine get more miles. Right now, you can get five quarts with an STP Extended Life oil filter for only $36.99. Get started on your next job today with the parts you need when you need them at AutoZone or AutoZone.com. Get in the zone,
3: AutoZone. Restrictions apply.
9: Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at org.
5: I just feel like the, the way that rosters are constructed in the NBA now has changed, right? Back in, you know... In another time, you know, you always had a couple roster spots for those kind of goon type guys, and so they eliminated goons on the roster in the NBA. <laughs> so now, no, no. So now you got you got everybody's a ball player. You got a bunch of nice guys, nice kids who who who's you know are magnificent in front of the camera. Understand how to be marketable. Understand how branding works twenty four seven. Because of that fact, I feel like when teams now evaluate and you correct me if I'm wrong, I think they take all of that into account because it's actually a thing now. So it's now a thing, social media presence, brand relevance, uh, brand branding, marketing, and all that stuff. It's, it's, it's a thing and you have to look at it. I would think and take it into account. Like if this dude's out here doing crazy stuff on the internet posting and kind of being flagrant, or you know, in any way disrespectful or offends people, I, I'd like to believe that a team that that'd be a, a check mark against him, you know. I, or if he's but, but tell you, if he's a twenty five point a game scorer. I if he killed, if he's like you know that guy. We've seen this culture cancel pretty much anybody. So why would they be different? I, I think for the
6: basketball space for both of us though. I don't think you are or maybe if you have someone we haven't seen it yet, I don't believe, though, um, of anyone who's made the league off of how you're saying it. I think what we've had, we've had colorful individuals like Nick, like Gilbert, who with social media, they've done amazing things. They're great storytellers. Um, They have a sense of humor, things like that. But let's not get it twisted. They're both killers on the basketball court. We've yet to get somebody to our level and our love for it, that they're in the space because they're funny, because they're articulate, because they have everything going, they look good and they can't play. (laughs) And and that's kind of the story that I was sharing with a lot of parents. um, Because I think that three letter word, that NIL word, it's a little misleading. Um, I, I think people worry about quote unquote branding, And a lot of those things and not understand before we get the NIL, before we get the branding, you know, what is your ROI? What is your return on investment as a prospect, as an individual? Um, Because if you don't have that newsflash, you don't have a brand. You don't have an NIL coming your direction because for someone to invest into you, they need to know what they're getting back. Now, if you, Chris Johnson, in your prime, you had the curls, had the family up in Baldwin Hills, you had something to sell, then, of course, we can get this back so we can give him this. That's cool. But if you don't have anything to sell that they feel that they can make money off of, all these dreams of grandeur that you think are in that lane of NIL and this quote-unquote brand that people want to work on, but you're not working on your game. Mm. Like All of that I just mentioned, people forget to work on their game. So yeah. I think more than anything, get your game right first. And you and I both know, and you living in L.A., there are hundreds, thousands of marketing companies that can find a way for you to make money. But your game has to be there first. They're not just going to market you first.
5: No, that, that, that's a good point. Uh, don't let your focus be on, you know, Branding and how you go get this next NIL deal. I talked to Tyson Wheeler the other day, and and I asked him specifically, did he notice a difference in his guys? And he, he kind of jokingly was like, "Yeah, guys, try to get in the gym early. Or, you know, try to wake up at five, work on their stuff because, man, coach, I got to get this NIL." I mean, he literally was telling me the players were telling him, "Coach, I got to get this NIL. I got to get shots up." So. That gave me a sense of where guys that I looked at UCLA and I see what they're doing over there and some of the guys in the, the brand and the marketing deals that they're signing and things like that. But those guys do live in the gym over there. But NIL, I think, was a, a needed thing. It's a little mucky right now. It's not it's the wild, wild west It's not really regulated. I think like it's going to be in about a year's time, but I, I think it's good for the college kids to receive some type of compensation and it's a step in the right direction. Now, the transfer portal, on the other hand, is very interesting. We saw you know teams in the NCAA tournament make deep runs with guys out of that portal. Because coaches are in a hurry, college coaches specifically now are in a hurry to get old quickly. They value experience. Does this mean that your three, four-star, five-star, or no, I think five stars are okay, but your three or two, three, four-star fringe high school recruit? now becomes less relevant to the college coach because he might want to go after somebody in the portal that's actually played a year of college basketball against college age kids and proven himself on the college level. What do you think about the transfer portal and its effect on the college game?
6: I, I, I saw a great tweet by John Lucas the other day talking about this. Um, and he highlighted that how in the championship game, he said there were only two guys from both universities um, that were from the portal. Um, I, I, I looked back and dug a little deeper of the final four teams, only five players were out of the portal. Um, so shout out to those four universities in, in Nova, Kansas, Duke, and North Carolina. And I think that, that needs to be highlighted because like analytics um, in basketball, it's a part of the story. It's not the whole story. I think where colleges and universities are getting themselves caught up is they're running to the portal to try to make that solve all its problems. You still have to coach those kids. You still have to get down and you have to trust your staff in who they're recruiting and give it time. Um, We've seen so many uh, star studded recruiting classes coming to college, but at this point, we've only seen one win a national title. And that was that Duke group back in 15. So at the end of the day, Again, this is another narrative that's being spewed, but what is the end result? Like, are people winning national titles off the portal? Are teams constantly going to the Final Four off the portal? I mean, I know Baylor had a a couple guys from the portal and not Jared Butler because he technically didn't play elsewhere, but uh, uh, in Mitchell. Mitchell was a transfer, so that's one um and i'm trying to think of who else i mean i know that's when that comes to mind
5: i guess my my thing is it's like the high profile nature of the guys that the that made a difference this year in the tournament so we saw it with miami we saw it with kansas we saw it with north carolina right i mean that one yeah so so we saw that sure Maybe not everybody's, you know, doing it, etc. But it it gives coaches an an option, an, an avenue to go and grab, you know, a Pac-12 Player of the Year, and and you get to bring a guy that's, you know, scored almost two thousand career points into your crew, uh, you know, and this kid, you know, turned, you know, steps up big for you. You don't win the national championship without him. Period. I just, I mean, that's just, I mean, and from my vantage, I don't think they win it without him. I guess I'm talking in terms of so like if you're if you're a college program with a lot of resources and you got, you know, the ability to pick and choose in the portal. That's a lot different than being a college, a lower mid major that doesn't have a lot of resources that really, you know, this recruit, this kid in the portal means everything to my program. I think there needs to be a leveling in the portal of the playing field of the playing field well, you and I had that conversation before
6: about recruiting and about the leveling and how unfair it is and that is I think we both agreed where the NCAA falls short because you you have these rules that for a high level it's nothing but to a lower level it can be a little bit it can be a little bit more strenuous and I'm thinking about the example you just gave so think about said university let's let's just use your beloved university right your beloved university has all the resources in the world so you telling me that you have all the resources in the world to get not only the premier kids out of high school, and then now you want to run to the portal? <laughs> like, how fair is that to stay <laughs> at school like a St. Peter's? Who, it's you know, so shout sad, out man. to my brother and, and, and my family, Shane Holloway and the job that he did. Yes, and man. now he has a, you know, he has a new address at, at his university. But the marvelous job that he did at St. Peter's, he didn't have a ton of portal kids. Mm. He, that that was, I think that was the purest uh job of coaching we saw. We saw the execution in which he performed against the Kentuckys, against the Murray States, against the Purdue's. Like we saw him execute in such a manner that like it was unbelievable.
5: Yeah. It Actually. was
6: unbelievable. And again. I can understand him going to the portal because what he doesn't have the resources that your beloved university has to get the best kids coming out of high school. So I do. And I agree with that, that there needs to be some type of structural system, because to your point, whether we talked before about recruiting or now even the portal, the way that a UCLA, Kentucky, Carolina can operate, it's not the same as UC Davis, Hampton or St. Peter's. It's just not fair. And that's,
5: and that's, and that's, and, that's what I was trying to find out, or just get to the bottom of, just the definition of the rules associated with recruiting in the portal. You know, I, I, I wanted to get insight on. You know, how, do you know how that works? Is it is it you treat it like a normal transfer as far as contact, or is it one of those situations where it's like pretty wide open as soon as the oh no, it's soon as you jump in there. It's like that? That's
6: crazy. That's crazy. See, that's crazy, dog. But but here's the part that the NCAA can't figure out. We would be lying, or we would be naive. That's a better way. We would be naive to think that these kids are not being tampered with, though. Go, please. As the season is going on. That if I know you use, you know, the school that you were talking about, (laughs) and if you're at, you know, I'm at Washington State. We miss out on you to come to Washington State. And I'm watching your minutes as a freshman. And after maybe five or six games, I got the dummy account. I'm on Twitter hitting you. And I'm like, yo, Chris, man, you know you can come up. Oh, this is so real right now. (laughs) Exactly. Like, yo, man, listen, they're not playing you. You're watching when we play. You don't even play 10 minutes. And then when we play, (laughs) you don't play 10 minutes. Now, I've planted the seed that any little thing that that staff at UCLA says to you or does to you, you looking at them with the side eye and you're growing more angry. Meanwhile, me as the irresponsible adult, I'm doing something that I shouldn't be doing just because I'm trying to take you away. Now, if I sit back, don't say nothing to you. And then the moment you hit the portal, I recruit you all over again. That's one thing. But again, we would all be naive to think many of these kids are not being contacted. The moment people you got some kids that when they commit to a school, the school never lets up. They're still on the kid. They're on, them. they're on, because think about it. Sometimes, to these coaches' credit, they develop a bond with a kid or family because they've been recruiting them so long that they don't let go. They don't let go. You know what I'm saying? So consequently, when they end up ironically transferring to one of the schools that was recruiting them prior to UCLA, like that that doesn't take rocket science to figure out what could have been going on. I'm not going to say it happens all the time, but very well could have
5: been going on the whole time. Does anybody ever get knocked though for trans- for tampering? Has anybody ever gotten knocked for tampering? Uh,
6: for there, there have been there have been some isolated cases. There have okay. Okay. there have been some situations, but not enough. I, I don't think enough.
5: Yeah, but but man, you you talk about the dynamics and of recruiting of how the relationship between the assistant coach and that family and that kid the bond is developed, how genuine that relationship is, because obviously the dude isn't letting go. So he's going to continue to work that relationship, follow this kid's progress on his, in his season. Maybe it's a rival in conference. And when he's not balling, dog, he's going to hit him from the burner. <laughs> lo- no, but that's facts. And, and that is... How do you police
6: man. it? Think about it. How do you police it? And <laughs> who's going to... Who's gonna tell on you? You're so not gonna tell
5: on yourself. They're always talking, yeah. Nah, the policing aspect, it always alarms me when I read uh stuff on you know infractions, cases, and rules, and I and I see <laughs> people turning over emails and, and text messages. I just I, I see that I like Memphis. They turned over a bunch of emails, but they erased all the metadata in the email, so you couldn't track it? No, but that's how Memphis gave them. That's how Memphis gave them. They gave it to them late, first of all, and then the emails had no metadata. But my question is, the the policing part, it it, it doesn't have an easy explanation. It's too crazy. It's too too wide of a scope to pinpoint, you know, we're going to get this guy, we're going to get that guy. It reminds me of when who said, Jerry Tarkanian said, when the NCAA is mad at uh, UCLA, they punish, you know, Murray State or I forgot what the, what the line was but it feels like it'll just be that type of situation, bro. But here's what I don't get. I remember this
6: when I used to apply for my scouting service and one of the rules, you, and this is an actual rule, so to everybody who has a scouting service, if you're doing this, shame on you stop doing this. Um, you're not supposed to contact schools on the phone. You're supposed to send your report, you as the scout. You, okay. So if you have a scouting service, KJ Live, West Coast coverage, yada, yada, yada. You send your reports all out at one time, cool. You put everybody, you BCC everyone, cool. But if Dwayne Bruce picks up the phone at UCLA to talk to you, you're not supposed to talk to him about a player. Well, the problem I have with the NCAA is how do you police that? Dwayne is not going to tell on himself. I'm not going to tell on myself. So not for nothing, I think this is where sometimes the NCAA – they miss is you try to you try to enforce things that you really can't there. Uh, you can't enforce them. Yeah. Unenforceable. You can't. So it's things like that, that makes no sense, but yet you have this on the books and that just, that's not thoroughly thought out. And it's just, it's little things like that, that those you and I both know the lifers in this industry, they know every loophole to recruiting, to how to getting around things, to, telling somebody's dad, yo, be the AAU coach, so now I can contact you before June of your sophomore year if you're a star-studded freshman. So that's another rule. Like, if your son, and let's just shrink his age, let's say your son is one of the top freshmen in Southern California, because you're his AAU coach, I can now call you because you're his coach. But any other person, I got to wait because their mom and dad is not the coach. So it's just so many little just – loopholes around so many of the actual rules that's just it, 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 it doesn't even make sense to have
5: them. It really doesn't. Yeah, it, it, it's never really made sense. I remember when we won the national championship and Queen Latifah sent our entire team bottles of Dom Perignon. Every single player on the roster. I'm 19, not supposed to be drinking. And it was a thing at school in the athletic department where they were like, First of all, they were nervous about a violation. And second of all, they told us, hey, you know, well, you guys can have them, but don't tell anybody about it. So I, I tweeted about it probably about 10 years ago, right? And I literally got hit up by UCLA asking me to delete my tweet about something that happened 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, bro. Bro! But so my point is, it's like the NCAA is whack, but – it's just the college, the whole college game is a trip. You know what I'm saying? The it whole really college is. Game, it's a trip and, and but you know, I don't know. I don't have any hope it's gonna get any better. Uh my man, we we done spent about an hour chopping it up, dog, with some real heavy, heavy stuff, oh, yeah. bro. Oh, uh right. I appreciate you coming through, man. And I always love hearing your very mindful and thoughtful, articulate insight on matters related to basketball dude you, you you're one of the best dudes at doing that and i love having conversations with you for that reason my man dane Irvin, i appreciate you for coming on my man i appreciate you wholeheartedly i
6: i can only before i go i i just attribute it to, to many of the greats that i came across in my own path and nice. not just on the east coast um being a youngster coming to the west coast to, uh Izzy Washington's event at Slam Jam, right. and Shout and, out. And knowing that influence that, that Izzy had on the West Coast, and I sought to find out more stuff that he did in the community. Um, people like Ice down in San Diego, uh, dudes like Kool-Aid, who's a fellow New Yorker as well, who, who's been out on the West Coast as well, doing a lot of great things. So, And then even my mentor and probably one of the greatest basketball influences that I've had, um, Vincent Smith. Who's younger, uh, older brother of Kenny Smith, and he's in yep. California now as well. Yep. If if it wasn't for gentlemen like that, and and the, the trip, the blaze, the trails that they blazed, um, I, I I myself probably wouldn't have ventured down those those alleyways and down those roads that they went to try to seek and learn and have respect again for all coasts and all you know backgrounds and 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 choices of life that people have had, and and that's brought me to you. That's brought me to these spaces and yes, to reach what I've reached. So I, I just want to continue to give that back um, to, to anybody that reaches out, sit down, and break bread with. Of um, understanding the scout space, understanding dealing with college coaches, understanding dealing with these kids because I think we don't get enough credit for that. Um, including right. yourself, of we understand kids, mm-hmm. we we understand uh uh kid behavior. Mm-hmm. So when we get those certain uh, international prospects that they try to tell us he's fourteen. And we like, nah, he 19. (laughs) It's our expertise with kids that we understand kids. So um, much love to what you're doing, brother. Um, I've always watched you from afar. I've always had a respect for not only just you, but your entire family, because y'all are all doing great things um, with your dad, with Milwaukee, with your brother, and his sense of humor and, and his humor. There's not a day that if I'm not feeling myself, that he does not have a gift, a Tweet, or something that makes you laugh and smile Absolutely. Absolutely. and let you know it's going to be all right, man. Whatever you're going to do, it's going to be all
5: right. Yes. So Shout out to Josiah for sure. Um, yep. but nah, that, that's definitely what it is. All right, my brother. I appreciate you. Ladies and gentlemen, Dave Irvin. My man.